0: uh another coaching session for you today i've got melissa with me this is melissa's first coaching session other people i've had on the podcast they've had some coaching sessions before so here is someone who's been willing to be vulnerable in their very first session so that's always a real treat and as you're listening uh just just love and respect just uh, respecting this space and trying it on so Melissa, thanks so much for being willing to bring a real issue to the table. Uh, tell us a bit about what's going on for you, and then we'll uh, we'll unpack it and work towards a solution.
1: Hi Jaimin, thanks for having me. Um, I'm 46, and for as long, well, the past at least 20 years, I've dreamed of doing um, inverted commas with, more with my life, and I just find that uh, it doesn't matter how much I plan or try to um, start a business or, or you know, plan for the future, I just firmly feel the handbrake on and um, it has caused such disappointment and um, <clears throat> I guess low self-esteem in my life. And I just know I'm capable of so much more and I just cannot get past what I thought was fear and then we heard in a previous podcast about the safety officer who's actually loves us and wants to protect us so yes that's why i'm here
0: so what was it about that podcast that really captured your attention
1: it was i would say the fact that instead of um thinking that we're at war with ourselves and sabotaging ourselves constantly and then therefore hating ourselves because of this We've actually, it's a—it's an act of self-love and that's just uh, a revelation to me, yeah.
0: <laughs> I get it and it's extraordinary because it's all that one big giant misunderstanding. As yes, it is. as As conflict in interpersonal relationships often is, two people could be at war for years until they finally get to sit down and it's like, oh, you, you didn't actually mean, like you, you actually do like me. Oh, I thought you meant oh, really? I've had it wrong all these years. Oh, well, that changes everything. Uh, so people exactly. often have, have a very similar experience when they start examining their relationship with themselves. And it certainly changes what's possible if you realize you you could be friends rather than enemies. Uh, so, righto, so before we, we dive into that, it's, it's really important just to make sure that the space is clean. So um, obviously, my role is not to give you advice or to tell you what to do. It's to shine mm-hmm. a path, to hold a space, to give you some tools, um, but it really is it really is your life. So while you're feeling frustration and angst about uh, or this disappointment for not achieving more with your life, I don't, I don't care. I'm not impacted. By your life, I'm not disappointed or or hopeful that you'll change. So that that is a different conversation, and it, it's really important to state that because it just means we can have a very honest conversation. You know, whether you should be here or shouldn't be here. Here is where you are, and this disappointment that you feel, it it is judgment. It's like I, ah, oh man, like I'm just I shouldn't be like this. I sh- I thought I was smarter. I thought I was stronger. I thought I was better. But I'm stuck, so yeah. that's so painful. Um, yes. so, so there's no judgment from me, and I invite you to let go of your own sense of judgment around that. You know, it makes sense to be frustrated, but it just doesn't help because it means you can't really see why it is that you, that you're stuck. So uh, a clean conversation is really important right now.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: righto. So t- tell me a bit about this more with your life like if if you could have anything like what's this what's this dream that you've had for your life and what, what do you think is really possible if you could actually show up without the handbrake on
1: well that well that's the other thing um i've had so many different dreams and i guess because i as time has gone on i haven't had the confidence to implement any of my dreams i'm looking I'm scrapping through looking for anything in particular. Um, I I actually can't answer that, to be honest. I I don't know what it is. Um, I I, I guess I've been um, working in a, um, six years in an administrative field, and I just really would like a more creative field to work in and more autonomy over my life. But that's where, if I don't trust myself and I let myself down, how can I back myself to go
0: into my own enterprise yeah i get that and what you know the way you answer that question is typical of how difficult this question is to answer Mm. um you know because there's been this war going on and because you've had so much disappointment around this the inevitable protection strategy is to dial down your ambition and to be less to be less clear about what you want because if you remain crystal clear about what you want that only heightens your pain so, right. if you can kind of go, oh, I don't even really know what I want, then, then maybe what you've got is what you want. Maybe you are happy here. Maybe this is working. Maybe you are mm. alright, and then it helps you sleep at night. Actually, um, but in, in the process of turning off that ambition, you you dehumanize yourself. It's it's a betrayal of your own essence and. You know what it really means to be you because of course you you do actually have a sense of what happiness and significance is to you you do have a sense of what you are really capable of just to say it out loud non purpose and put it out there mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. feels dangerous and costly and because what if you fail and what if you set a standard for yourself that you actually never achieve or what yes. if that's different to what others want for you or what if that increases judgment or, or conflict? Um,
1: yes, yeah, I, that makes sense.
0: I get that it's dangerous. Um, I get that it's serving you right now not to have clarity, but I can't believe you not even for a moment when you say that you genuinely don't know what this more with your life deal is.
1: Um, um, so- okay. Well, I mean, I guess one would be um, public speaking in in respect to helping people... Um, break through their um, I guess anxiety and mental anguish
0: mm.
1: I would love to do something like that but I am not there myself so how can I do that sort of thing
0: yeah great so yeah. Just, just right now like um, even give yourself the the freedom to, to swing away like I I don't know if you've heard me talk about silly ideas before no um when i when i journal this idea of what do i want which i've done at least three times a week um almost every week for the last 12 years i i start with a blank bit of paper and i just write uh the word what on there with a circle around it question mark you know know, what, what do you want jamin and the only rule for that exercise for me is that there is no rules so okay it's to swing away. It, I have. I am not accountable for anything I write on that page and I'm not responsible for anything I write on that page. So I find people have this massive level of self-accountability and responsibility for this answer. The moment they hear themselves say something, they immediately judge it just to go, yeah, but you can't have that. Or yeah, but what if that doesn't? Yeah, but are you really good enough for that? Yeah, but what will others think of that? Yeah, is that okay to want that? Is that a good thing to want? So um you know just as you've done you kind of put out something that's honest and then immediately taking it off the table by saying but, but i'm not there yet so i can't really it's not really fair for me to want that now right uh so i love the idea of silly ideas so i um, so on this page i i swing away i write all kinds of silly ideas on there and i the sillier the better because if i can write a silly idea then i can write an honest idea Yes, and, I, and I'm yep. not required to do anything, and so I only, I only examine those when I see patterns. So if I've had the same silly idea that's popped up three or four or five times, then I might going, maybe there's something to this. Maybe that's a bit more honest than I thought. Maybe it's a little less silly than I thought. Maybe I do actually want this. Oh wow, that's interesting. Uh, but I would never just have just. Giving- dis- Sorry, I cut you off.
1: Sorry. Um, so it's giving yourself basically a safe place to not be accountable and distressed about putting pressure on yourself. You can just weed through your your mental um, buffers and go through to what your heart wants.
0: There's got to be that, to, especially when this question's been shut down for a long time, which it often has for adults. Uh, you know, it's the question that kids think they're ready for but are clearly not you know if you got if you said to your young kids what do you want you can have whatever you want you know they're getting they're going to want fairy floss and pizza and, and late nights yes. and video games like they're, they're not going to want the stuff that's actually good for them they're going to use that question irresponsibly and hurt themselves so the, the responsible parent says well, how about this i'll tell you what you can and can't do and you gonna need to trust me and obey me that's how this is going to work right now um, but by the by the time the child's grown up and has become the adult, you know now the adult's ready for that question. But most adults then give it back and just go, uh, "How about I just let someone else keep deciding what I want and what I should do? Then I can't fail or be disappointed or mm-hmm. make a mess of it." So, so most people have kind of shut this down at a really deep level. Um, so yes, the process and turn up and- to their jobs. Yeah, they turn up to their jobs and then they just kind of, oh, man, I think this is work and I'm making money aren't I? and I'm pretty good at it and others like what I'm doing. So, yeah, I, I must be happy. I'm happy. I? I think I'm happy. <laughs> so to kind of yep. take, take the lid off this and dive in, you have to create this safe space and and this ability to not have to get it right, not have to act on the very first thing that you say or write. Um like we're a long way from doing or acting on anything that you say here. But that, mm. you know, magic one, if you could have anything and there was no rules and no responsibility, no accountability, and no one could say right or wrong or you didn't have to answer for yourself, like what, what would you be doing? Where, where would you be living? What kind of work would you do? Like what car would you drive? What what would you do mm. for fun? Like paint paint that picture for me literally now have a go swing away like i get i get it's fun but who cares like i don't care i've got no way of knowing what's true or false for you zero idea so i can't tell if an idea is silly or not you should hear some of my silly ideas
1: (laughs) okay well (laughs) i've always wanted um to have an uh, exquisite bakery that's um it's just uh, to me it's not disneyland bakeries are the happiest place on earth I mean, who doesn't feel great when they walk into a bakery and smell the goodness? It's just wonderful, but a really beautiful one. Um, And another thing is like a a Christmas-themed business where just beautiful, exquisite um, uh, Christmas lines that actually make you feel nostalgic, not not, um, Australiana sort of Christmases, but beautiful traditional Christmas pieces that just make you want to go into the snow. And where I'd be living, I would really... Love a seasonal home where I could be in the snow for a couple of months of the year. Um, it just makes my heart sing the cooler weather. So, yeah. Hmm.
0: What else? If you could have anything, no rules, and there wasn't anyone to answer to and you couldn't get it wrong. uh I, I, <laughs> really? I, did, I did this exercise in a group setting uh, maybe five years ago on a retreat where I was running. And I said, You know, if, uh, you can have whatever you want. What, what do you want? And everyone was giving these these answers. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so bored. Like, that's all you could have anything, and that's all you want. Well, like, I'm bored. Surely there's going right. to be. And so I just kept pushing back to these people. And, and this lady who was, I reckon she must have been 65, she was there with her husband. And next minute she puts her hand up, she says, I've got something, Jamin. I'm like, cool, what is it? She goes, I want to learn to belly dance. <laughs> <And> I'm like, <laughs> hey, now we got something now we're talking. <laughs> and her husband's like, What's wrong just with that to, baby? That's right. Her husband just kind of looks at her just like, wait, what? Who are you? <laughs> you wanna do what? But yeah, but <laughs> like there's this thing, there's this childish energy in life, and her face lit up when she said it. And it was the silliest thing she'd ever heard herself say but there was something about it that yes was honest and that yes. represented something about her and just her and so the act of diving into that um, that one thing I, I don't know whether she actually wanted to belly dance or rather whether she actually did belly dance but just saying that and just going and what else And what other silly ideas are in there (laughs) right yes yeah um, there's a uh one of my my the phrases that have really led me well and served me well across my years has been the idea of go where the life is and Mm. so um just the, the waft if something's something has this fragrance of life um that's often enough for me to to lean into it just to go I don't know what it is about this but there's something about this that feels life giving it just right life affirming i'm energized by the thought of it and and other things you know feel like death so i'm actually going to i don't know why i don't like that i know i should like that i'm probably good at that others want me to do that but it just every time i do it I, something dies on the inside so mm. what if i was to move toward life and away from death it's just kind of an overarching idea for how i structured my decision making and that that's i'm not sure if that's ever let me down really right um and and so just even hearing you talk about the bakery i mean who doesn't love a bakery Uh, (laughs) the to hearing the language you use around this beautiful nostalgic thing that drew people into an experience um the, the way that you spoke about that clearly there's something very life-giving about that yeah um the seasonal experience the snow for whatever reason the snow gives you life yes so what if that was enough for you what if just that was enough of a reason to be curious enough to examine that more closely there's something about it that's life-giving
1: that's when the um I guess it it also too when you let yourself um down for so many years you start to even it's before it would be like um patting it out in your head how it could possibly happen Mm. but now it's it's like a meh well it's not going to happen don't bother Mm. because you're just protecting yourself from yourself really
0: Absolutely, it hurt it hurts to have those hopes because the yeah, more the more acutely you you hone in on those dreams, then the more pain you set yourself up for if you can't have them.
1: Yeah, hmm.
0: uh, I, I I get that. Uh, how, however, there is no other way into this process. You shut down desire, and it's game over. Mm-hmm. Okay. The desire is human. It it is it is the most honest thing about you. And I get that it hurts, but the reason it hurts is that you have misunderstood your own resistance to those goals. You've misunderstood the reason why you can't have them. Right. Uh, I love Mark Manson's piece that says all change is preceded by being wrong about something.
1: Um, and, I'd um, have to sit on that one for a while. it's oh, yeah. good.
0: So, so what are you ready to be wrong about right now?
1: That I can do, that I can't do it. <sighs> yeah, that I can't. That I'd love to be proven to prove myself wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And my husband, you know, because he's heard all of my dreams over the years, and I think even he now is just ah, oh, and yeah. Hmm. And that's painful to be honest when you see a lack of faith in your partner's eyes. Mm. Yeah, that's that's truth.
0: Mm. So what if you what if you were wrong about the reason that you can't have those things? That would like,
1: be wonderful.
0: <laughs> so I get that your experience right now is that you can't have them, like you don't have access to any of those goals. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. so if i was to say to you no no you, you can have all of those things um i'm lying to you. you you can't have any of them right now and you know that to be true
1: how would i feel about that
0: no so i'm just i'm just highlighting what what it is that you could be wrong about so I'm not so just to reiterate because this is a really key distinction i'm not going to lie to you and say oh look the world's your oyster you can go and have whatever you want just believe it just attract it just receive it and it's yours you know which some might say to you because they're lying to you right now yeah. you know you don't have access to any of those goals and that hurts what i'm what i'm offering to you is what if you're wrong about why you don't have access to those goals okay and if you could understand why you're actually why you actually don't have access to those goals you could do something about it right now
1: yes i, I believe that
0: hmm. so back to our safety officer which is why we're having this conversation in the first place so you know up until now you've kind of Assume that the reason you didn't have those goals was because you weren't good enough, weren't confident enough, didn't deserve them. And there's a part of you that really knows that about you and is therefore fighting against these goals. Doesn't want you to have these goals. Reminding you that you don't deserve these goals. Reminding you that you're not good enough for these goals. That there's nothing special about you. These goals are for special people, not for you. Is that how it's felt?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So when you think about the handbrake, how have you understood the handbrake previously? What has that handbrake represented to you?
1: Um, I thought it was fear, fear of not only failure but fear of success because when you and you've alluded to this in your um book unhindered um because when you do have success you are open to criticism and sometimes the safest path in life is to be the gray man you know not draw attention not draw criticism just hide under the radar and um it's i guess it's more buffering on your heart yeah Mm -hmm. That's what I thought the handbrake was. Yeah. Fear fear of success and fear of failure.
0: Mm. Uh yeah, it's that's what I would think most people assume that's what the handbrake is. Uh the the four agreements, Miguel Ruiz agreement number three is make no assumptions. Mm. It's such a such a powerful idea because we're so often wrong when we assume things about ourselves and others. I love what happens when you go. Well, what, what, what if I was to be curious and examine if that's true? I've always thought it was true. I've got evidence that that's true. It seems to be true. Others think it's true, but what if it's not? What if I've mm-hmm. missed something in this process? Yeah. So, you've heard me. You've heard me kind of pitch this idea that the handbrake is not fear. It's not insecurity, it's not limiting beliefs, that the handbrake is love. Yes. What does that what does that mean to you? If that what does that idea has that idea hit the ground for you?
1: Um it makes me think that I have in my past um been hurt for whatever reason and whatever circumstance to the point where. It, the safety officer has come in to actually say, no, you, you're too vulnerable now, you need protection and we will keep life nice and vanilla and safe for you so you don't get hurt or criticised or, um yeah, vanilla. <laughs> I think that's my safety officer. Great.
0: Right. Yes, that that's true. They keep, keep exploring that. So why why would the safety officer do that when you've been hurt what's what's the real what's the real danger that the safety officer is protecting you from
1: i think uh what's first coming to my head is basically um protecting me from other people's opinions, I would say. Mm. Their their, um, unkind words or criticisms. And I think that's what I I feel like that's what it's protecting me from. If I just, I I keep going back to this, if I just stay under the radar um, and keep myself anonymous and quiet then nothing nothing unkind will happen to my heart am i breaking this down enough
0: oh it's clever but are you ready to be wrong about that
1: okay yes please
0: are, are you sure
1: yes i am 100 sure i need to know
0: hmm. it's so it so looks like that's what you're being protected from. That makes so much sense. But just just think about if that is true, if you've accurately understood what you're being protected from, well, pack up and, like, stay vanilla for the rest of your life because you cannot guarantee that you won't mm-hmm. encounter unkind words, unkind thoughts, other people's opinions, other people's judgments. Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. way, the the only guaranteed way to stay safe from those things is what?
1: is to hide.
0: It's to hide in in this gray <laughs> land and this vanilla land, which is what you're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But, but that's not what you've been that's not what the safety officer is protecting you from. Um, oh. have you ever had a have you ever had a person who just consistently doesn't really understand you and uh, maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe a work colleague and you just kind of get the fact that they've never really got you and there's a lot of eye rolling going on when you talk to this person or think about conversations with them does have you ever had an experience of that
1: um not eye rolling as such i guess yeah people just don't get where i'm at yeah my heart yes
0: maybe you're uh, you're you're uh, don't allow yourself to eye roll out uh, you know in in front of them or even out loud um <laughs> But internally, I wonder if there's a bit of eye rolling going on, just like, oh man, like seriously, um, mm. Mm. again, again, like really, like it doesn't. It's not that hard. Just stop and listen for a minute, and I'll explain it. Like, you, um, if if yeah. you could if you could imagine anyway, even if you don't have a real yes, you could imagine that experience of someone who's desperate to be understood, and for whatever reason, the other person just doesn't, won't, or can't, or couldn't be bothered, or. Like it's, a, it's such a difficult thing and eye-rolling is the natural yep. response. It's just, oh, boy, like oh, here we go again. Um, yes. If you could imagine the safety officer who, who, you know, motivated by love, but there's a lot of eye-rolling going on.
1: Right. <laughs> okay.
0: Just like <clears throat> um, I get it, yeah, yeah, I, I get it, I get it, Melissa, I get it, yeah, I get it. Um, but what if, like, could I just tell you what it is? Like could you just listen? You, you've got it wrong. It's no, I know it looks like that, but no, it's not it. It's not even close. That's not what I'm, that's not why I've shut down work. That's not why I'm resisting you. That's not why I've blocked access to all these goals. It's not because of other people's opinions. It's not because other people's kind words. That's not it. That's not what's dangerous to you. I promise you. What is it? It's, it's actually your own unkind words and your own opinions. and when you get those opinions from other people what's really scary about that is it just draws out what you actually think about yourself
1: do people normally cry on your podcast
0: <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's of course because we're we're not wow. talking about the football here we're talking about yeah just everything like this is a sacred conversation yeah like you're not actually afraid of failure or success or rejection or judgment. You're afraid of if those things were to happen to you, what do they reveal about who you really are? Like now you're exposed and your deep fears about who you really are now is laid bare for the world to see. All the all the nasty things, all the unkind things, all the judgments you've put on yourself at different pain points as you've grown up, then they're all they all feel true. That's, that's what's awesome. <laughs> well that's yeah. what's dangerous that is what's dangerous and so your safety officer like melissa like i'd so love to see you thrive and go where the life is and all these things and by oh, the snow imagine the snow How good with the snow be? And what about these beautiful christmas things imagine that and bakeries yeah you're right who doesn't love a bakery you're so that is so true but here's the thing i can't i can't let you step into that because you got all these opinions of yourself that are, that are really unkind and, and negative, and if you step into that world, you will you are more likely to have those opinions exposed and you have no way of coping. You have no margin. <laughs> you actually you, you think your world is safe when other people like you and speak well of you, but it's only safe just because then you don't come face-to-face with your opinions of you.
1: Right. That's profound. <laughs>
0: Well, it changes everything because it just means now you know your work. Because if, yes. if your work is to protect yourself from other people's opinions, you're in a lot of trouble because that's an impossible task. Yeah. If your work is to review and examine and replace your own opinions, oh, you're, in, oh, you're in the game. Like,
1: now, now I've got something to actually target rather than a business plan. I can just target this now.
0: And, and this is the, this is the human condition. I'm not sure if you've heard me speak about this before, but just let this sink in because you're not special here, by the way, this is not a unique problem. Yes. All, all of us, every every human is desperate to feel good and to be good, but is afraid that they're bad, afraid there's some part of them. That's wrong or bad or inadequate or, or worthless. And for fear of that badness ever being exposed, they run or they hide. But that that badness or the opinion of that badness it always is created in the first few years of life because it's it's tough being a kid yes it, it really is and making sense of an adult world the chaos of disappointment of unmet expectations of lack of acceptance that's that that's chaos to a child and and the the most amazing thing about that chaos is the child doesn't experience it as external chaos. They must personalize it. They must, und- they must give it meaning. They don't get to mm. escape with just having pain happen. They got to know why, why is this happening? Why am I in this pain? What does it mean? And what does it mean about we're me?
1: sense-making creatures? We are yeah.
0: sense-making creatures. Like that is, that is how we're designed. So, so the kid inevitably is going to create some opinions that are that are limited and negative and personal, and those opinions become solid, go unreviewed, gather evidence, and become the most dangerous thing in your whole world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but they totally makes sense.
0: But they're just opinions. Like they opinions are the. Are the easiest thing to change because they are the lowest form of knowing anything.
1: And that's the hope, isn't it?
0: Oh, it is. And and the essence of hope is such a beautiful world because the essence of hope is choice. So hopelessness happens the moment we're out of choice. Like if you've got five options about yeah. what you're going to do and four of them don't work, there's still hope, right? Because that Left. last one might work, but if you've done everything you know and none of it's worked, hope evaporates. Yes, So that's right. So hope is linked to choice. It's like, well, I've still got my choice. So if you kind of realise, oh, my goodness, I created these opinions so I also could change them. Huh, look at this. I had more choice than I thought. That's powerful. Then I do have hope. Like hope is not just this word, this magic, I hope. It's like, yeah, hope. There is a chance for a better day here because I have the ability to choose a different opinion about all these things. Mm -hmm.
1: That's really powerful. Thank you so much.
0: Well, that's okay. And I bet you've even got success references to draw from about changing opinions. I I could almost guarantee. In fact, I'm, I'm sure that you have changed opinions about stuff in how old did you say you were 46 in the 46 years you've been on this planet i bet there have been opinions you used to have an opinion that was this now you have an opinion that's that 100 yes I, I, used I used to think to, i was
1: hopeless with money now i think i'm really good at it so. <laughs> I,
0: I used yeah. to think mushrooms were horrible now i think they're delicious
1: oh damn straight they are <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like and, and the interesting thing about that statement is are any of those statements true? like then they're, they're not they're not objective statements they're both opinions. Yes so this is it's the not, really...
1: it's not fact yep
0: no like and and like we don't actually need fact. we're storytellers we're sense making creatures. we're just telling stories and people who succeed in life actually just tell better stories. Mm. so. Yeah, your central adult work is to review opinions, constantly review opinions, and just go: Is this could I could I do better than this? Could I be more accurate than this? Could I be more empowering than this? Could this opinion improve? Cool. And it really then,
1: is about. Sorry.
0: Well, if if it can improve, improve it. If not, leave it. But that that is your adult work. It's improving opinions, getting better opinions.
1: Mm.
0: I cut you off. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, it, it just reminds me of weeding a garden, isn't it? It's, it, it's a constant attention to um, ma- ma- maintaining, basically, your thought life.
0: Well, it, it is, but it's it's really interesting that it's it's not even something you have to pay constant attention to. So the, the default is behaviour management, and I need mm. to constantly notice what I think about myself and the opinions I've got about myself as an adult, um, but but what happens if you actually go back to the very first opinions you had about yourself and change them there, then mm-hmm. like the, the new default opinions are actually beautiful and empowering. Mm-hmm. So yes, there are no weeds that are growing up because you've planted lovely trees and flowers at the beginning. Rather than there's these weeds that I planted when I was a kid and they constantly grow up, so I'm constantly pulling them out and they constantly coming up again and I'm constantly pulling them out. Like that is how most people think about this. They're trying Mm. to fix it from the wrong end.
1: Mm.
0: It's just trying to rewrite new stories over the top of old stories.
1: Is there a practical way we can work on our opinions of ourselves? Like do we have to work out the exact... You know what I mean? Is there power in trying to work out the exact thing that we've sort of told ourselves? Or how, how would you practically work yeah. on this, in
0: uh, opinion? I mean, I, I wish someone had put together a, a model around <laughs> how insecurity had been solved. That would be really helpful. Um <laughs> yes. yeah, of, of course, of course there is some, some practical things. And um I the way that I would answer that is are those are those seven essential practices? Uh, yes. Because, like my my life's work around that model was not to create it, but just to to see it. So, you know, there are plenty of people who'd already worked at how to do this. No one had just made the model around it. So, it was examining mm-hmm. how people set themselves free, how people, how the adults changed, genuinely changed. the Opinions are oh, in every case they have done it using these seven practices. Mm-hmm. So if I could make those seven explicit, that I could do it myself and then out of the overflow of that I could teach you to do it and you could do it and you could show someone else to do it and we could all work out how to do this. It's a really predictable mm-hmm. problem and there's a predictable solution to it. Um, there's there's some great science to how to change an opinion and mm-hmm. how to change it for good. And okay. it, start, it starts right here, like this is practice won't work. It's turn the light on and have a look at what you're actually dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Like a moment ago, you thought the problem, well, last week you thought the problem was you're your own enemy. Now, Yes. <laughs> then, then a minute ago you thought the problem was other people's opinion. Now you've actually seen even closer, like, oh, my goodness, like the safety these. officer loves me and is protecting me from these things I've said about myself. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. My goodness. Yeah, that's it's been most, a roller coaster. Thanks. Yeah, of course. But. But so so practice one step into the light, named must your fear be before banish it, you can. Yes,
1: Yoda.
0: If if you think you're afraid of what others think of you, you're in trouble because you can never change that.
1: Mm. But you're
0: actually afraid of what you think of you. And and when you examine that, you're not actually afraid of what you think of you. You're afraid of what the child thinks of you. Yes. That's exciting when you see it like that because, like, oh, my goodness, the child, like. Kids, you know, my son's afraid of cactuses. <laughs> you know, still at fourteen, he's got this thing with cactuses. Like, uh, clearly, <laughs> yeah, it's right, but not to him. It's yeah. it's this real thing. Cactuses are out to the get him. They're a horrible thing. um Yes, as that about cactuses. Oh, cactuses and kangaroos, you know. So and cane toads. A cane toads, right? I don't know about cane toads, but you, <laughs> you don't like cane toads.
1: Oh, they're, they're, they are the ugliest abomination on this planet, honestly. They're just horrible.
0: <laughs> there you go. But, but fears are so interesting. They're so irrational. They're, they're so strange, especially the fears of children. So, yeah. uh, you know, your adult work is actually to go back and review the data and say, all right, okay, let's just have a look at this and, and notice where this fear started. When was the first time you you decided there was something wrong here? There was something bad about you that now had to be hidden and run away from? Because maybe you got that wrong. Mm. Oh, in fact, you did get it wrong, by the way, because even on your best days, a kid, you still got it wrong. Like even yeah, even the most profound insight the kid had is still wrong. The kid yes. doesn't have the capacity to understand the world. For themselves they're just making stuff up and so, it,
1: it's like i guess sorry um i guess it's like you know when parents divorce and often the children blame themselves because they didn't clean up enough and it's just children not understanding like you said how the world works so yeah you look at that
0: yeah it's, it's exactly what happens and it's extraordinary because the kid has this whole big Thing it's almost they become a super villain in their mind. I have the power to ruin marriages. That's how powerful I am. That's mm-hmm. how bad I am. And and mm-hmm. you go back and have a look, you're like, settle down. Like you hardly had the power to tie your own shoelace, let alone yes. <laughs> you know, split up people who love each other. Like, can you just can you settle down? Like you you got it wrong. I know it looked yeah. like that, but it wasn't even close. It wasn't about you. Yeah. So and, it, and you can imagine how many of these narratives get formed when we're kids mm. and it's unavoidable we're not blaming the kid or getting upset but you've got to go back
1: mm. <laughs> yep oh, that's exciting there's a plan now um this this is great thank I, you Oh, thank my you. absolute
0: pleasure i can I can feel it in in your voice and your, in your energy. Like th- that is real hope. That is the essence of real hope because you're kind of going, my goodness, I've got choice because I'm already where I've chosen to be. Like you are already, you're not the actor in the story or the storyteller. You, you are the product of the scripts and the narratives you've written for yourself and the opinions you've yeah. formed and you've written some dangerous stories. That's all. Yeah. And yeah. and they, were, they, they might not have always been dangerous. They might have been the best story you could write when you were a kid. As a way mm. of coping with some chaos and some pain, but mm. now, now they're the most dangerous thing in your world, and and your safety officer is like, cool. Whenever you're ready, um, if you'd like these dreams to become reality, we just all we got to do just got to go back and sort out these opinions, because otherwise, you just don't have access to this because those opinions are going to uh, cause carnage if you go into the world with them mm. unchanged. The moment someone looks at you sideways or thinks you're doing the wrong thing, you're going to crumble and there'll be no safety net because you'll be exposed and you'll be committed. So if you're going to actually show up, you're going to need some lovely opinions to serve that. Mm,
1: Yes, I understand.
0: (laughs) So, uh, yes, obviously there's a bit of work to do, but but I, I get that you understand what the work is now.
1: Yes, I do. It isn't finding the right, and that's the other thing. Our, our um, I guess, stupidity. You know, we think, oh well, maybe it's the wrong business, or I'm not passionate, passionate enough about that path, and that's why it's not never going ahead. You know, oh, it's finances. It's just amazing how we can just deceive ourselves.
0: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just makes sense to think the problem is where the pain shows up. Yeah. Um, and that's why you know this is the hero's quest, and it's high stakes. And most people will never do this. So, so just by virtue of the fact that you've been willing to be wrong about some stuff and turn some lights on, like you're now in rare air. Like you're now in a space where change is actually not just positive, positive possible, but inevitable. Um, that's an extraordinary thing you've just stepped into.
1: It's really exciting. Hmm.
0: Uh that feels like a, a good place to leave the conversation today. Do you feel like this is a complete conversation for now? You got what you needed absolutely. for today? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Well, I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability. I'm sure there'll be lots of people who will find themselves in your story and benefit from your willingness to have this conversation out loud and in public. So you've given everyone a great gift today. So thank you very much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to the Insecurity Project podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity-free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the 7 Essential Practices for Overcoming Insecurity.